anus. The man what right thug cast has asked me to tell you about his t-shirts. In my opinion, they are quite cool and feature wacky ideas such as Carrick, Angry Pear, Egg, Football, Black and White Rainbow and my favourite, a baseball cap with a picture of a t-shirt on it. I have one and I wear it to all the parties. It's a great conversation starter. Go to thugwatch.com and see that there are cool t-shirts to buy. What you think I'm telling lies? You cheeky bugger. Thicker than neck brace yourself for impact with the deviled kidney egg and waterpress sandwich is why reading your husband's latest poem is like wading through hot tartan is all the rage. Other podcasts may be entertaining, but I don't make this for you, do I? It's like wearing thin skin over my thick, calloused hide, your private parts, his hair in the soft centre of the earth-based sitcom. Like, hello, Michael. Oh, hello, Mom. You're too thin on top of the world. Have another bowl of egg, kidney and waterpress wet paws together for used Johnny Winterson and the wet wipes. My motorhome has a side swipe and a little moustache, just like that guy in your husband's latest poem. How does it go? Oh, fine, thanks for asking my sister to the rugby ball. She could do with getting out of the house-shaped building. Just don't talk to her about buildings or she'll squash you like a bug. Half a pound of coins, three portions of codswallop, a teaspoonful of tiny teaspoons. Is this a recipe? No, it's just words coming out of mouth. When my eyes water, it means I'm producing Stool, the new Broadway show about a miserable old bar stool that is called Tony Casein. Coming up for air to find more water-based conversation and popping out of my cycling shorts for a carton of cigarette milk. I mean, oat milk and cigarettes. Shall we say grace? Before we eat away at the thin layer of grey matter surrounding the yoke of self-relief. What are you talking about, you fascinating little man-shaped building new structure called show? Oh, hello there and welcome to Fugcast. This new episode is a bit different. In what way, I hear you crying and I don't enter the room because I find sad people annoying. Well, this latest episode of Fugcast has actually been carefully edited. I know, it's hard to believe, isn't it? I and my fictional producer Chris have gone through all materials with fine-toothed comb, and this is the result that has happened. Now, perhaps you're sitting at home with your wife and grown-up children, enjoying a bowl of prune pudding, and you're thinking this podcast doesn't sound like it has been edited. It do sound real free and loose like my last prune pudding-inspired bowel movement. And why not discuss this with your family? That's what you normally do, isn't it? discuss my work with your family. Your eldest son, Carpenter, is not a fan and usually leaves the room at this point, preferring to lie on his futon, listening to shit modern music. My name is Ron Alder Bridget and I'm an artist. Every day I draw a grid approximately 20 centimetres by 20 centimetres with approximately three squares per row. This takes me approximately 20 minutes. After it is complete, I have a 20 minute break. Maybe a cup of Ribena and a biscuit or two. Jamie Rogers are my favourite. Then it's back to work. I'll crack my long, thin fingers and start drawing whatever comes into my head. This is what I came up with this morning. It's a wee fella with his head in his hands. He's weeping and his dad's there. He's saying, are you okay, son? 
And then in the next square, it's the same man. Well, it looks like him. I don't know if it is him, but it looks a lot like him. He's lying on a sun lounger by a pool. He's got a huge mug of Ribena and a big basket of Jammy Rogers. Aye, that's the life, eh? I tell you what, I'm a wee bit jealous. Let's see what's in the next square. All oh, right, it's the same man again, and he's on bus. Ooh, it looks like he's sitting next to a pretty lady. There's a thought bubble over his head that says, I need to do a fart. Oh no, what an awkward situation. Imagine that, you need to do a fart, but you're sat next to a pretty lady, oh no. And in this next one, he's got a piece of A4 paper and he's drawing a grid approximately 20 centimetres wide. Oh, wait a minute. Is this guy supposed to be me? Well, I should know, shouldn't I? Because I drawed it. But I can't even remember. I must have gone into one of my altered states. Okay, let's have a look at what the guy has drawn in his boxes. Oh, you'll never guess. He's drawn a guy that is drawing a grid approximately 20 centimetres wide. Oh, hang on. What is going on with this, eh? Very unusual. It's a thing within a thing, isn't it? I quite like that, yes. This is called a recursive idea, and it's one of my favourite ideas. Another idea I'm fond of is adding a voiceover, and then another one, and another one, and another one. You may recall that I did this in episode 11. But that's no reason not to do it again. And in fact, it's better the second time, isn't it? It's less of a surprise. Zooming out further, no we see that the that. audio image looks like a set of keys. They're your father's keys that he used to jangle back in the 80s when he was four. Find the shiniest key and put it in the shiny keyhole. Think of a number. Don't now worry. add three weird will happen. and another three. Do it again. Add another three. Divide by four and again. And once more. Divide by four again and again. Last time. Once more. Now add three and another three. Same again. Add three. walks into a florist and he's like, yo, do you sell flour? What the fuck you think? He want make a pizza. But this is a flower shop. He did get it wrong. So what's he gonna do? Wait, I tell you, he do buy some tulips, then dehydrate that shit and grind it into some sort of flour. Then he makes it into dough with sparkling water, yeast, celery salt, and cold liver oil. And what does it taste like? Shit, son, that be some weird pizza, man. I can't eat that shit. I'm browsing life templates, and I found one that sounds quite appealing. Listen to this. Name, Sandy Potts. Hair colour, 
wet sand, big roly-poly wife, seven kids, seven dogs, spherical house, job in a steel mill, hobbies include collecting pistachio shells and swimming, three friends, Doug, Theo and Sandy. Oh, hang on, it's in Shepherdsford. I don't fancy living there. What about this one? Name, David Potts, hair colour, avocado, thin, red-faced wife, two kids, 17 whippets, underground castle, job in an art and craft shop. Nice. Uh, hobbies include collecting bottle tops and spying on neighbour's wife with magnifying glass. Five friends, Doug, Theo, Sandy, Jacques and Archie. Where is it though? Hmm, Leeds. Next, name Michael Clay, hair colour clay grey, short wife with bright green beehive hairdo, seven eyes and detachable arms, 17 kids with detachable interchangeable heads, 58 miniature labradoodles that do bark constantly, secure job in online marketing agency, one hobby making lasagna, six friends Doug, Theo, Sandy, Jacques, Archie and Basil. Sounds perfect, but where is it? Shepherdsfordshire? No, I don't think so. Oh well, the search continues. Yo man, let me jump on the drums a second. Yeah, listen to this. The hi-hat is in 17-4. The boss drum is Q9. The snare is zero squared over zero. The crystal bells are in one million Q. Well, they're not real crystal bells. They're jars of piss. I take them everywhere with me. They normally empty, but I'd be drinking all this peach juice, but it tastes like pear juice, son, and I'd be full of piss. And you say, why you not go in toilet and relieve yourself like a normal human male? And I say, shit, boy, you don't understand shit. Yes, that is me in the picture, shaking hands with Colonel Colin Nylock Lenelock. What's that? Yes, he does look like me. Oh, wait. No, that is me. The other one is Colonel Colin. No. Hang on. Maybe they're both me. Or both Colonel Colin Nylock Lenelock. It sounds made up, doesn't it, that name? And maybe it is. So, if it's a photo of me shaking hands with myself, no, I mean, that's impossible. But it's either that or two. This is a good example of a false dilemma. It probably doesn't exist. And it can serve uh, as a template no, no, no. for you if you want to create your right, own. Instead of a photo, it could be a slice of Edward's cake or an old shoe. And instead of two army colonel men, once again, I'm doing the multiple voiceover thing. And you like it, or don't like it, don't you? Is it getting funnier or more tiresome? Well, that's up to you. What's that? You can't decide what you like? Well, that's not true, is it? Because you really enjoyed watching that shit comedian the other week. And even though he was shit, you were pissing yourself, weren't you? Because you'd paid to go and see him. And you wanted to get your money's worth. My guest today needs no introduction, but I've written one on the inside of this cigarette carton, and so I will read it out. Keith Sherbor-Martingenson is food expert man who does do the voiceover on MasterChef. I know what you're thinking. No, that's Sean Pennyworth, the actor who plays Imran in The Incredible Shrinking Penis. Well, 
Yes. All right, mate, well done. But this is made up, isn't it? You know, just a bit of fun and you need to chill out. Keith isn't actually a real person. Come on, you know that by now. But yo, check this out. He is played by a real guy this time, called Warren. That which I know from Kidney Club. Which is refreshing, isn't it? Geordie Head Chef Geordie Head has cooked starfish mortimer served with Lego, Murray Moose and vegetable peelings. Judge Glenn Ferris speaks. It looked beautiful, but what does it taste like? Let's find out, shall we? Oh, this starfish has a nice wobble. Not sure the Lego's adding much. And the Murray Moose is far too thick. Although, not as thick as me. <laughs> Head chef Andy Head has cooked Philip of St. Mackerel with Watsits, geranium, horse parsley and vegetable peelings with a creme de menthe sauce served in a parsnip Stambley house. Judge Martin Pie Martin comments thus. Ooh, Philip of St. Mackerel is my favourite, so I'm looking forward to this. Hmm. It's quite nice. What's it some fish in you to me, but they work quite well. Horse parsley adds a nice, earthy freshness. Creme de menthe is always welcome on any dish. But, unfortunately, your parsnip Stambley house is missing a front door. How am I supposed to get in there, Andy? Answer me that. Ah, so close. Ah, I want to strangle you. Lovely stuff. Welcome to Fogcast, Keith. <laughs> it sounds a bit like quiche, doesn't it? Has anyone ever told you that before? <laughs> yes, obviously. Right. Of course. And, and speaking of course, you like food. So my first question to you, Keith, is what is your favourite course? Is it starter, main, pud-pud, cheese course, water? I don't eat courses. That's very old-fashioned. When I eat out, I ask them to pour all the food into a big dog bowl and mix it up. Everyone does that these days. Well, anyone does anyway. All food tastes pretty much the same to me. Oh, right, sure. And it bores me, to be honest. Normally, I would use a pitch-shifting effect to change my voice to sound like a different voice. But this time, I couldn't be bothered. You know, I wasn't sure about adding a voiceover to this bit, and I was even less sure about adding a second voiceover. But then I thought... No, it is a good idea, and so I did it. And back to pretend interview. It, say, it says here you're a, you're a food expert. That's what's written here. Who wrote it, though? Was it you? Yes, yes, of course, but... Look, let's drop the facade, shall we? My real name is Warren. I am man you met at Kidney Club. I'm not expert on any single thing. I don't know nothing. I as thick as a slice of Edward's cake. It's a miracle I made it here. Where am I, anyway? You're in my subterranean house in the woods, somewhere near the M4. You're quite inconsistent, aren't you? Look, mate, you did write this, so if it says I speak in a mixture of Belgian-Scottish accent, then I do it. I didn't write it, actually. I, I never do, and I, I don't know who does. What? Yes, it's true. Every so often I receive an unmarked envelope, hand-delivered by a mysterious figure in turquoise cloak. I then record the material electronically and upload it to the internet. So was that written down, then, what you just said? Yes. What about what you just said? Yes, that's written down. As you know, you asked me to read it for Michael's sake. What about what you just said? Was that written down, too? 
Yes, of course. I, I never stray from the script. I have a feeling something terrible might happen if I do. Even this bit's written down. What about what you just said? Yes, I'm reading out what you asked me to read out. This is getting a bit tedious, isn't it? Mm, tediousness is my speciality. Or the two made-up characters of the talked long into the night princess. in a stilted, unrealistic manner. One now. short sentence answered Maybe. by another Although short sentence. You're the professional, on so perhaps you should do it. I'm Neither one was showing signs of fatigue. Soon, nothing. the moon went down, the sun came up, and one of their wives came downstairs. This morning, I touched a poo. I didn't want to, but I did. Our toilet bowl is covered in a thick layer of lime scale, which means that it gets blocked often, especially if the article in question is enormous and dense, as it was this morning. Now, this has been going on for a while, and I'm somewhat desensitized to it. The first, second, and third time it happened, I tried using a long stick, with little success and it eventually dawned on me that the only effective method was to use my bare hand. It is never pleasant, but as the main offender is my six-year-old daughter, I don't mind too much. But this morning's gigantic stool was not the work of my daughter, having instead been produced by a friend of my wife's who came to stay. It's hard to fathom how someone so diminutive and delightful could be responsible for something so hugely unpleasant. An archetypal bog blocker that needed a push, and as the resident poo pusher, it is my job to push the big jobs, and so I did. Why didn't you wear a rubber glove? asked my made-up friend Steve over WhatsApp, which is a good point. Anyway, I've ordered some special descaling stuff. I hope it arrives before Thursday. I've got all the lads from the rugby club coming round for kidney night. What's that? It's the sound of another golden opportunity slipping through your fingers. An opportunity to invest in overseas Ponzi scheme, a chance to invest in overseas pyramid scheme, or a chance to invest in yourself. Invest time and energy walking pretend dog in pretend park. Invest hard-earned money in cool new leather jacket and peaseball cap. So pretend lady in pretend park says, oh gosh, you do look handsome, or invest your real money in me and my stupid podcast, making it more likely that I will continue churning out Codswallop forever. With money, I can buy oil for my vocal cords, pomade for my wispy hair, and new cool leather jacket, and pretend peaseball cap to impress made-up lady in park. Simply go to fugwodge.com and donate using the tiny yellow button.
You let me jump on this guitar. You check it out. I'll show you some chords, son. This right here is I. And yo, this is F Maginor. It's real mysterious. Then I do play a single note. That sounds so sad it makes me cry like boohoo. And I collect the tears in a tin cup and give it to my man Nestor. He love love that shit and drink it all. And guess what it makes him cry also. And he collects his tears in the same cup and he give to his boy Shaven Hawk. And he takes a little sip and... No way! He starts crying too and he collects his tears in the same damn cup and he hands it to his manager Susan Bloomingdale. And guess what? She waters her aloe vera plant with it and it dies because they don't like salty water. No sir, she shouldn't have done that. A lot of people say to me, Hey, how's it going? How are you? How's it going, man? How you doing, bud? How's it hanging, granddad? How's your life? What's going on? Who are you? Where am I? Are you my dad? Am I your dad? What is dad? Hey, bud, can you lend me a five-pound note? Can I borrow your lawnmower, pops? Can I pop over and borrow some oat milk, pops? Can you look after Matthew, my Jack Ronald, for a few days, maybe a month? He's no trouble, but he isn't house-trained yet. Shit's everywhere, and he does bark constantly. But you're hard of hearing, aren't you? And you have no sense of smell, so you won't mind him crapping all over the place. How's it going, big fella? Still working down the greasy builder's spoon merchants? Still whistling the theme to Rick Stein's food heroes? Still keep a twenty-pound note in your bum crack? Yeah, can I borrow a fiver then? I know, I know, don't worry, I've got change. I've lost my copy of Moby Dick, which is annoying, because I hadn't finished reading it. It's the giant white edition. Enormous it is. And I can't understand how it could go missing in my grotty bedsit that do measure seven foot squared. As I said, I haven't finished reading it. But I think I get the gist of it. And it seems to me that my missing book is my white whale. And hopefully I can ride off into sunset on it, just like Captain Waterfordson did in Moby Dick Ending. I'm in OAL, which stands for obsessive about Lego, because I love it. Every day I empty my small box of Lego onto the carpet and let my imagination run wild. What will I build today? Old scary house. Or friendly robot. Or perhaps I could make a scary robot house. My friend had Michael miss and loves Lego too. But he only has 10 pieces, so he comes round every evening to play with mine. I let him have the bits I don't need so he can build a very small wall. Can I have another piece of Lego, he whines. No, I say. I need them all. But then I go bathroom, and when I come back he has stolen to pieces, so I send him home. My neighbour, John Derrick Pine Michaelsford, makes the best soup. Well, the second best. Because my Scotch forest broth is hard to beat, with the pine cones and the pine needles and the Lego garnish. 
But still, he does make a very good soup. It's tomato soup, but he doesn't use real tomatoes. No, because real tomatoes are not very nice, are they? No, he uses turnip concentrate, bright red lipstick, fag ash, and a picture of that guy who played Warren in Mad Men. Actually, thinking about it, it's disgusting. He's just very convincing and told me that he makes the second best soup. Or maybe he was asking to borrow my lawnmower. I wasn't really listening. You let me jump on the mic a second. I'm the second best rapper on my road, man. You don't believe me, do you? But you check this out. I'm heating up soup. I'm wearing a woolen suit. I cry when I'm sad. I look like my dad. He wears a woolen suit. He heats up soup. He cries when he's sad. He looks like his dad, who wore a woolen suit and heated up suit and cried when he was sad. He looked just like his dad. You get the idea. I could go on and on, son. Yeah, boy. I was working as a waiter in a cocktail bar on the stairs. It was a sloping bar on the stairs, and so all the cocktail glasses had to have an angled base, and the barman had to have magnetic shoes. Hey, maybe maybe the glasses were magnetic. Yeah, that's better. They they were metal, like、uh, lead glasses. Yes, that's right. Very heavy, too heavy for some. So most of our customers were bodybuilders. And most of them are dead now from lead poisoning. Guys from the kidney club are always busting my balls, or bursting if you're English. Yes, I had seventeen plump little rugby balls lined up on the dining room table, and when I came down to check on them this morning, I was horrified to find them all deflated. Oh come on, mate! I hear you cry. There's no such thing as kidney club foot and withered hand sandwiches. Why I'm going to talk about something else? A rugby ball is a lot like a kidney or kidney bean, isn't it? Everyone is dressed in their smartest rugby suits and rugby ball gowns. There's prosecco, kidney-shaped hors d'oeuvres that taste of kidney beans. What is that? Dill, saffron. Do I detect a hint of creme de menthe? Oui, oui, sir. Has quite a refined palate. We age the kidneys in oak barrels with cheap wine, mustard, and old copies of Top Gear magazine. Then smoke them in menthol rolling tobacco for eleven million years. You see what I'm doing, don't you? There's a theme running through this, and it's good, isn't it? Or isn't it? I'm not sure. And what will I say next to you? I'm a giant, and yes, I know that I'm eighty-five percent torso. I keep a twenty-pound note in my bum crack and a spare set of keys for my moped. Oh, and a miniature copy of Moby Dickens. I've never managed to finish it because it's so fucking boring, and my copy is so tiny that I can't effing read it, madam. Hey, yo, check this out. I was at skate park with my middle-aged skate mates, skating around and around. None of us can do any tricks, so we just go around and around. And one of my dad mates. Who is called the name P Dog 
starts rapping. And I'm like, what? I never seen someone skate on a board and rap at the same time. But then guess what? We all start doing it and it's really cool. Until an old man shouted us. Grow up. Rap and skateboard is for children. You should be in office or washing car, not skating around rapping you bloody bellens. I saw my friend Mike last night. New Age Mike, I call him. Yeah, he's a bit wacky. He came round with a box of crystals for my wife, Susan Bloomingdale. He spouts mystical mumbo-jumbo 24-7. And he's lucky he has a friend like me to bring him back down to earth. What a load of crap, I normally say. Energy doesn't exist, mate. Nor does Buddha or transparent fairy man what controls the weather. Now some of you are probably nodding along and tutting. You disapprove of made-up New Age guy. But guess what? And here's where it gets interesting. I'm actually a massive hippie myself. What believe all manner of cosmic claptrap. Tricked you! And now those of you that are that way inclined are thinking, phew, I'm glad he's more of a chilled out hippie guy. What smokes spliff and wears rainbow t-shirt. But actually no, it was a double trick. I am not that. And I am in fact uptight prickly fellow with Lego haircut. What watch the news say, hello, and think the universe is all dead and joyless. But hey, actually, it was a three-time trick, and guess what? I am the laid-back hippie guy with egg in his beard. What say, hey man, how's it going? And pretend to be chewing something. This is the sort of thing I think about when I'm standing in the post office queue, or sports queue, or school queue. Wherever or whenever I am, I'm normally daydreaming and staring into the middle distance. Unfortunately, there is often some kind of tough-looking man standing in the middle distance, and he thinks I'm staring at him. No, I know I'm not staring at you, mate, although now I am. And now I'm going to invite you to relax. Close your one eye tight and think of England. The yellow hill, the muddy pond, the village elders, the medieval haircuts, the protruding ears, the pub with the massive TV, with the little men kicking a baked bean into a medieval peasant's open backside. Oh, Albion. That's the name of my Jack Russet, Chris. Three kidneys walk into a bar. The bartender says, what can I get you fellas? And all three kidneys storm out because they are in fact females. Three rugby balls roll into a bar. They don't have legs, you see. The bartender says, what can I get you guys? Which is fine because that can apply to anyone. Unfortunately, the rugby balls can't order any drinks because they can't speak or think. They're just rugby balls. Three pints of urine walk into a kidney bar. What can I get you guys, says the kidney-shaped bartender. Well, for a start, there's only one of me, the urine replies. Even though I am three pints, I am contained within a single large glass. And secondly, I don't drink. A robot walks into a bar and asks for a drink. The bartender asks him what he wants to drink and the robot says, I'll have a glass of your best wine. The bartender pours it, and the robot turns around to go and find a seat. The old king walks in and sits down next to the robot. The young peasant walks in and sits down next to the old king. 
They both order drinks. The bartender gives them their drinks and they start whispering to each other. I'm going to invite you to my birthday party. There will be balloons, Edward's cake, and a piñata filled with wood lice. Hi, Chris, welcome to my party, I will say. Would you like a cup of bone broth? Oh, yes, please, you will reply. But when you take a sip, it tastes really strange, and you will pass out. When you wake up, you will find that the party is over, and everyone has gone home. And you will find a scrumpled note in your pocket that will say, thank you for coming to my party. I'm a wee bit cranky today. My older brother's staying with us at the moment. His wife kicked him out, so he's got my bed and I'm sleeping in the dog kennel. Again! Well, I say sleeping, but it's hard to sleep with Rex snoring and farting and humping my leg. Aye, that's right. I'm sharing the kennel with my grown-up son Rex. His wife kicked him out too. Anyway, enough of the yakking. This is Films with Avery Wayne. Rat Gran 11 Billion T is the latest movie that's in the Rat Gran series of movies. Once again, starring a bar of soap that's called the name Warren. It was hard to know exactly what was happening in this film because we've a new TV set and it's about the size of a very small matchbox. I was also watching it through the lounge window, as I'm not allowed inside at the moment, but it seemed like a pretty good film as far as I could tell. Egg Cop 444 trillion PQ is the newest film in the franchise of Egg Cop about a sentient plate of scrambled egg that does solve grisly murders. And again, I'd love to tell you all about it, but I couldn't really see it. Whole Roast Celeriac Cop, the whole roast, is now available to watch on the internet, and so I did on my son's phone in the kennel. P.S. It was raining. Anyway, it was really good. My mate Jonathan with the ripped jeans called me halfway through to ask if I liked his ripped jeans. But I don't, at all. I've got to go now. My wife's heating up some old stew. And P.S. I did have a dog that was called Towser, and he, he's no longer with us. On March 5th, 2022, I discovered an unidentified floating object in our downstairs laboratory. The object was cigar-shaped, pale brown in colour, with a strong smell of sulphur. What it was and where it came from seemed to be a mystery. I took several photographs of it on my smartphone and went to tell my housemate, Dr. Brian T. Winter Waterfordson. But when we looked a second time, it was gone. It was the 7th of March 2022 and was an unusually sunny day 
for the time of year. The birds were singing as I opened my back door and stepped into the garden. But what happened next was to change everything. In front of me, on the lawn, was a light brown, cigar-shaped object, emanating a very strong smell of sulphur. Quickly, quickly, I dashed back inside to alert my housemate, Dr. T. Brian Winter Waterfordson. But strangely, he was nowhere to be found. Tenth of March, 2022. I came downstairs into the kitchen in my dressing gown to find my housemate, Dr. Brian T. Winter Waterfordson, naked from the waist. <laughs> naked, naked from the waist down, squatting in the middle of the floor. <laughs> and what happened next was to change our relationship forever. I watched. <laughs> I watched silently as a long cigar-shaped object <laughs> I watched silently as a long cigar-shaped object emerged from Dr. Brian T. Winter Waterfordson's rear end. It was light brown in colour and had an unmistakable smell of sulphur. I was playing a game on my laptop when I heard a noise coming from the living room. It sounded like a cat was scratching at the window. I looked over and sure enough there was a cat sitting in the window. The cat was black and looked very friendly. I went to investigate and found that the cat had three legs, one of which was actually a tail. It was so adorable. I reached out my hand to stroke it when suddenly the cat began to talk. My name is Simon, the cat purred, pausing to lick its anus. I am a storyteller. Three stories I shall tell you, and each one contains a lesson. If you can guess what links these stories, I will grant you a wish. But first, I need to finish cleaning my anus. He resumed licking, and I sat patiently waiting. Right, here's the first one, said Simon, stretching and hopping onto my lap. Pie Michael lives in the middle of a deep dark wood. He is eight years old and loves jazz music, spending most of his time playing his inflatable saxophone. Wait, hang on. How can he play an inflatable saxophone? I interrupted. That doesn't make any sense. It can be a real saxophone if you like. Please don't interrupt me. Where, where was I? Right, yes, so this kid Pie Michael lives in the woods with his inflatable parents. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Inflatable parents? That's not very, that's not very believable. Okay, his normal uninflatable parents, if you prefer. I mean, that's not the story, but I can change it if you like. No more interruptions, please. One day, Pie Michael is doing some jazz music research on his computer when suddenly a CGI cat appears on the screen. Hi, my name's Jazzy, it says, and they start having a nice chat. It turns out this cat knows a hell of a lot about jazz music and he and Pie Michael immediately become firm friends. Every day, Pie Michael turned on his computer and had a nice long jazz chat with Jazzy, learning more about jazz than he ever could have dreamed of. Pie Michael played smoochy slow jazz, and Jazzy would meow along. It was a beautiful friendship, and Pie Michael felt truly happy for the first time in his life. But the old men of the woods were furious, 
to them, this unusual friendship between a computer-generated cat and a human being was unnatural and not to be tolerated. One day, they arrived with big sticks and destroyed Pymichael's computer. Moral. Make real friends, not computer-generated ones, because they can be destroyed by angry old men with sticks. I must have looked confused, because I was very confused, but Simon took no notice and began his second story. Once upon a time, there was a hard egg man who lived in a cave outside a village. He was a mysterious figure and was seldom seen. The old men of the village were suspicious of him. I don't trust that hard egg man, one would say. Yes, I think he'd be sinister, another would answer. So the hard egg man kept himself to himself, only leaving his cave at night to forage, frolic and cavort. For he really was a jolly soul, albeit a misunderstood one. The hard egg man loved to dance, and so when he found a flyer for a swing jazz dance happening that very evening in the village hall, he simply couldn't resist. That evening, resplendent in eggshell blue cape, pantaloons and medieval wig, he arrived to open mouths, wide eyes and a murmur of old male voices. The band started playing and the hard egg man took to the floor, twirling, leaping and pirouetting with grace and power. It was truly spectacular and obviously the old men of the village didn't like it. We don't want your sort in here, said one. Get out, snarled another. No egg men welcome, growled a third. The hard egg man stopped dancing, reached into his tunic and produced a large spoon. No egg man, his voice was thin and reedy. No egg man, he whispered, paused, and then crack, caved his shell skull in. Yellow yolk came pouring out of his head and eye slits, forming a pool around him. Ha 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 ha, he crackled resuming his wondrous dancing, slipping and skidding in his own yoke. Soon, others joined him, until everyone in the hall was dancing, sliding and laughing. The hard egg man was laughing too, yoke bubbling and dribbling from his eye slits, until soon all of his yoke was gone. Moral, even the hard egg man has a silly side. I raised both eyebrows and several fingers, but Simon was oblivious. Bachelor Stephen Bachelor had a spotty backside and a spotty frontside, yet somehow was still considered an eligible bachelor. Spotty Stephen, the other bachelors called him, but he didn't care. He joined the Sheffield Onions, a group of notorious misfit bachelors. Every Thursday night they would arrive at the Bag of Onions, dressed in their trademark turquoise tunics, pantaloons and medieval wigs, and attempt to seduce everyone and everything in the pub. Bachelor Stephen Bachelor was the scourge of Sheffield, but his worst crime of all was his relationship with an older woman called Susan. Her reputation was dubious, to say the least, but Stephen couldn't seem to care less. He was drawn to her like a moth to a flame, and the two were seen together at all the most unsavoury places in the city. All of the old men in town were appalled by Stephen's antics. How could he disgrace his family name by dating such a woman? The gossip around town was that Susan was not only of loose morals, but also, as they said back in the day, horribly horny. The old men of Sheffield decided they'd had enough of Stephen and Susan's debauched behaviour. They formed a vigilante mob and tracked Stephen down one day while he was in town. Before he knew it, the angry mob descended and dragged him to the town square where he was hung. Moral, don't date older woman. It won't end well. Do you see it? Simon turned and placed a paw on my paunch. See what? No, no, sorry, I don't quite. The thread. 
What links these three stories? If you guess, I will grant you anything your heart desires. Uh, is it something to do with angry old men? Or uh, tunics? Mm, jazz? Cats? Correct, Simon purred, growing in size until he almost filled the room. What is your wish? Mango moose, please, I said. I know I could have wished for something better, but I was really hungry. I've been playing the part Rufflesmith in Panto. He's a Geordie window cleaner man. What says our way man and I can he believe it? He also says boo, and it's behind you, man, and wheeze into the audience because he's blind drunk on creme de monthly. To be my friend You don't, that's fine I understand Well, I don't, but it's fine Is it my halitosis Or the way I spit when I talk Is it my squeaky voice all the way I talk about myself all the time I can change if you want me to change I can stop jangling my keys I can change if you want me to change But I can't change my personality Well, that's all we've got time for. Remember to like, subscribe, and suggest. Cool. Do take care, and remember, cool. <laughs> <laughs>